0: welcome my friends my countrymen my fellow nerds to a special midweek edition of the scare scuttle podcast this is Ro from the red five network you know me as the butt to my own scuttle i guess until brad gets back uh but uh thank you very much for joining us i know i got we got some people in the chat um thank you everybody for joining us uh, charles is looks like he's doing taxes ubaldo is uh almost getting drunk. Uh, we got Matt. Hey, Matt, thank you for joining us. Um, I think, uh, are you, uh, let's see, you are new, aren't you here at the scare of Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you're not new, um, forgive me, but, um, yeah, we're going to have a, a, so I've been wanting to do a, just kind of like a, 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 a show on, um, card collecting and, um, I usually get put to shame because uh, obviously one of our friends that does uh, just his podcast is all about cards and he's uh, uh, Greg from uh, Rebel Base Card. He's got uh, he's got the knowledge Um, and I'm always hesitant to actually do a show about cards and card collecting um, because uh, obviously if you want uh, anything of significance, you would go to him. Um, but um, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And uh I asked him to join me tonight. We're gonna be talking about cards. I've got a set of cards that I want to feature, and uh these are great. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh these are widescreen. They're I think it's the Star Wars Frames collection, and they're beautiful. Can't wait to put these on uh, camera for you guys. <clears throat> we're going to talk about those. We've got some other cards that, uh, that we're going to feature and uh, we might show one of these. Look at that. Some uh, gr- uh, exclusive rebel base card card collections. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, remember to grab your drink and your sunscreen Because it's always sunny on Scarif. Let's push a couple of buttons, wait for people to come on in. There's seats up in the front, just like at church. Come on up, come on up. And uh, we'll start the show right after this.
1: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Now the ultimate power in the universe.
0: That is right. Let's get Greg in here. Hold on a second. There's a lot of buttons here. Hey, (laughs) hey, what's happening, sir?
1: Nothing much, man. Um, Just it. What an incredible time to be a Star Wars fan Uh, with the Bad Batch going on. We just got done recording um, uh, Breakfast Pack with. Myself and Greg Cass from own canon. Very nice. Um, it, you know, you got to love it because we're also hearing the Acolytes coming out, although I can't even put my head around that. So... It's fun because we're doing what we want to do most, bro. We're talking star Wars. And yeah. uh, I I love getting a chance to talk star Wars with you. Uh, it's fortunate that you are, you know, we're in the same vicinity. And so we mm-hmm. get to run into each other on occasion. And uh, I just want to say, thank you very much for talking about cards. Cause as soon as I saw you put that, I'm like, how do I not how do I not invite myself on the show?
0: <laughs> absolutely. This like I said, I mean, if you want cards, you go to Greg. Um, you want, uh, you know, shenanigans uh, are over here for the most part. But um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for uh, making time uh, during the week. Uh, usually we do our shows on Saturdays. But uh, we said, you know what? What the hell? Let's uh, let's give everybody a treat. Um, I know it's a treat when you're on the show, so thank you so much. And um, yeah, this uh, this is great. We've got a couple of people in the chat. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Yeah. Um, some new people and some uh, oh, some friends here. Twist my arm. Excited for this one. Thank you very much. Uh, and. Um, Twist my arm has a a new show coming up revamp show coming up in March. So check it out, check him out, follow him on all the socials, look for twist my arm, wherever you find your other favorite podcasts and or socials. Um, So yes, absolutely. You talked about um, bad batch and um, uh, are are you enjoying it? I I love it. You know, um, it's,
1: it's funny because bad batch allowed, you know, my show, we, you know, we talk about, you know, cards, you know, collecting community and so forth. It gave me a chance to try out a format or to try to like dip my toe in the water of, can we talk about shows? And, you know, there's like yours, there's a ton of great podcasts out there. And, you know, Greg Cass was, was, uh, was a gem to come on and we kind of found something that kind of worked. And so Mm -hmm. we kind of grew that part of the, of the show along with a bad batch. And it's kind of been fun because it's that similar clone wars animation style that just gets better and better and easier and faster. And someone brought this up. I was thinking it was, um, thank the maker brought up like, yeah, it's like they just had a season last year, right. You know, that was going on at the same time as Mando two or Mando three. And they cranked out a whole new season and we're not going to see, you know, the next thing with Mando for a while. And so, you know, it's going to be kind of a shame to see this end because, as we were kind of talking these characters are really good in their own skin the interplay between them are so good the writing sharp and everything and it's kind of fun and you're getting it in that small dose you know 25 Mm -hmm. minutes or so forth and it's nice you can kind of you can binge it or you can you know kind of lap it up this morning when it comes out you know I, i i like that appointment television for ahsoka but okay if this is the way you like doing doing the batch and uh it's fun and it's it's going into that time period that we don't know a lot about or we sure there's been some you know comics and books and whatnot but it's fun and we're having a good time and i think that's what it's all about you know we like talking about star wars we hope that you know we bring something to the table with everybody else out there and it's just really great to get everybody's takes on it but it's also fun because i think this season everybody's really on board with it or at least the at least a lot of the podcasts and a lot
0: of the people that i follow on social media seem to be on it i think you as well right absolutely you know when they announced that bad batch was going to be a series, I wasn't too crazy about it because I didn't really, you know, I remember them being in the, in the clone wars and, 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 um, you know, the subsequent shows and I wasn't too crazy about them as characters. So I'm like, ah, eh, bad batch, whatever. Um, you know, you watch the first season, you watch a couple of them, but damn, these characters really grew on me. And, um, every season was better than the previous season from my perspective. And, um, you mentioned that uh, last season Bad Batch was uh, going on concurrently with season three of uh, Mandalorian. And I definitely was enjoying Bad Batch a lot more than Mandalorian. I think the writing was, uh, was top notch in, in Bad Batch. It's, it continues to be. And I think, um, I think I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they wrap things up. And again, for anybody that knows me, you know, I like, I like stories that are like a little on the dark side. So the fact that, you know, last season we lost a character, uh, one of the main characters, I hope they kind of stick to their guns on this. Um, and I, I almost want to say that, uh, you know i almost want uh some more um major consequences that uh to happen to to this group because i mean we we fell in love with them they're they're great characters and i think um i think there are some sacrifices that need to be made in order for 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 this to be uh you know kind of a powerful end to to the story um i'm i don't want it to be all doom and gloom obviously but i think you know to be able to To have, you know, something happen that means something rather than, oh, he died. Oh, he's back. Somehow Palpatine returned, you know. Um, (laughs) I just, uh, I feel that uh, they're kind of, uh, you know, going in that direction. And if they pull the trigger, I hope they. know that they stick to their guns but i'm enjoying the story ubaldo is saying that the story and the animation are fantastic i have uh, agree with that like i said i was enjoying uh last season's um you know show a lot more than than mando um and yeah i mean it's it's been really it's been really great you mentioned the acolyte and that's a show that i am looking forward to again because I saw the, the leaked trailer from celebration, the cell phone trailer, and it does seem pretty dark, pretty serious. Um, and that's what I like. That's what I like in my star Wars. I like, uh, I like stories that'll make you think I like stories that, um, are not like, you know, super cutesy with the, you know, with the baby aliens and daddy issues. Uh, so, um, I'm looking forward to acolyte. And the fact that we don't know a lot about it is, uh, is kind of surprising to me that, And um, and Skeleton Crew, you know, Skeleton Crew, we probably know a lot less about Skeleton Crew than we do about Acolyte. At least, you know, you've got some of the actors from Acolyte saying one thing or the other. Um, You've got obviously the leaked, uh, you know, trailers and stuff like that. But um, really looking forward to both of those uh, projects. And I think you hit you hit on something,
1: Rowan, when we talk about, you know, we're long, we're a long ways away from those kids who saw the OT and even, and then, you know, went through the prequels, right? We're 25 years from the Phantom Menace. And I think that, I think that, you know, Rogue One resonated, I think so well with a lot of folks, a lot of older folks, is because it seemed to be at a Star Wars that was maybe a little bit for adults, but I think in some ways it showed that sacrifice. It, it showed that like, you know, like what they, what they went for, you know, like everybody just gave it, gave it all and I, I like the fact that there's a little bit of star wars for everyone and that i i want disney i want disney plus to succeed right i, sure, I don't yeah. think bob Iger needs another another yacht but i i <laughs> want creators to have the leeway to make the stories that that they seem cool i, w- I want their takes on things but I'd like them to find that that balance of the number of episodes and the story so that they either don't have to cram it all together or they don't have to make it too large. I mean, you, go back and, and, and watch some of those Star Trek The Next Generation episodes as much as we love them. You know, when you get to like 20 some episodes, you're like whew, there are some real like, OK, we had to <laughs> fill this one. And yeah. so, you know, I, I hate to use the word you know, filler because it's all connected. Sure. But I, I want, I, I want good stories and, and we've kind of seen from different creators throughout the Disney plus era. Sometimes it hits really well. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, you get your Andor's, you get your book of Boba Fett's Ahsoka Kenobi. There's a lot of different takes. I want them to keep trying, but you know, I, but I, you know, we, we do, I think the, the criticism that, that I would say that is warranted is we want good stories. We want good writing. Are we going to get an Andor every time? Not really, but I think that we're pretty forgiving and go along with the ride, as long as I think that, hey, if you got from A to B to C and you go and, and you really thought it through and, and there's a cohesive thing, I think we're on board. Um, I also like the fact that we're not getting a movie for a while because sure. I'm like, everybody's getting shredded at the box office. I mean, have mm-hmm. you seen the reviews from Madam Web? Right. <laughs> um, I don't want that to kind of continue because everybody's really... Teeing up these things to really take a crack at, you know, to, to, you know, big bullseye on them. I'm like, look, I want a little bit of anticipation. I want a good story. And if you think it's going to make a better TV show, make that TV show. If yeah. you think it's going to be make a better movie. I mean, you know, bring in Tom Cruise as a consultant because that guy makes tons of good movies that people go yeah. much. Sure. They know how to do it. And they know how to do it in that, you know, but at any rate, but that's, you know, I, and I also like the fact just with Acolyte, um, I read the first book uh of you know the High Republic and it was a lot going on and I haven't read a lot of it. But this could be a nice gateway for a lot of folks to go, hey, that High Republic stuff or that stuff before the Phantom menace is kind of interesting. Why don't you give it a shot? You know, maybe they can kind of afterwards, maybe they can key in and that we can ke- kind of keep diving in, right? and and sure. find a way to <clears throat> enjoy that and go oh now I can connect the dots now it makes more sense if I go back and read those books oh yeah there's that thing there's that thing yeah. and uh that's what I like you know
0: yeah yeah uh, definitely uh, charles uh says uh, star wars is for everyone is such a true statement um yep. yeah i mean the, there is there's a star wars for everyone i mean we had you know clone wars we had ahsoka we've got uh, andor we've got uh you know even um what do you call it uh resistance uh you know you know um so th- there's something for everyone for sure you know i obviously i want to talk cards but um i wanted to ask you because you mentioned it um 25 years ago we were standing in line somewhere on this planet waiting for tickets to get to see Star Wars episode one how crazy is that a quarter of a century i think i had less gray in my beard and you had maybe more hair no, unfortunately, I didn't have much hair <laughs> no? then either. Um,
1: it, you know, it, it's funny to think now, and and the the process of 25 years, right? You know, um, I, I think we had a we had an episode a couple a uh, couple weeks earlier where you know uh, Daz Davies and I kind of went over kind of that pregame of the celebration of the 20th anniversary because it's going to be something that's it's fun to talk about, and I think now you can start with with the. You know, with the, the window of time to kind of see, oh, this is what they're doing. This is what maybe didn't work so well. This is certainly what worked so well. And you can also see, you know, especially when you see um, the fellow that, uh, that did Jar Jar, at Best he just recently put out like an Instagram post where he was in a mocap suit again. Right. Uh, I think for star Wars and you go, what, you know what, I love seeing that stuff come full circle because like him, what him and Jake Lloyd went through was terrible. And we didn't even have all the social bullets then as we do now to Mm eviscerate folks right off the bat. And so, you know, with the benefit of time, you know, I, I went into it, you know, famously we had, I was on the other side of the planet. We had one screen on this Island and there was a party. There was a premiere party. I got invited to my friend and I. Uh, I think even I didn't even know what pregame was. Pregaming was, but we pregamed it. And then they even had some more um, adult beverages when we got in there. And so I was really in a good mood when when the uh, when the, when all that kind of stuff hit the screen and kind of fell asleep through some of it. So I had to go back the next time and see what I missed. <laughs> but I can remember that excitement of going. This is new Star Wars. Yeah, I am now an adult. Um, you know, like 20 some years later, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then it, that excites me. Sure. And that's, I think what I think you should go through. I don't know why I'm talking with my hands tonight. Um, that's what you should go through. When you see Star Wars going, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen. Let me just look into it with, you know, with, 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 uh, with open eyes and an open heart to it. And if, okay, like later on, if it didn't really quite hit, we can talk about it and have fun talking about it. But sure. let's have some fun when, when the acolyte and all this stuff comes out. And I can't wait for the Phantom Menace to go back in the screens because I wouldn't mind seeing it with my kids, you know, sure, and, yeah. you know, the old one and the young one. And it's going to be kind of fun to see that on there. And, you know, I, I think now we've seen it enough i've kind of been watching enough going i'm gonna i want to see that pod race again yeah on the big screen i want to see that big droid battle i want to see duel of the fates blasting at me in the best sound sure. possible and i think mm-hmm. it's going to be a blast and maybe we'll have to do like a little scarif meetup or something um, yeah, hopefully absolutely. it's going to be in in theaters for more than just like a weekend or something and uh have a little fun
0: with it absolutely absolutely yeah i totally agree um uh, you know we, we uh uh, in May, um, and I, I've been actually recording already. We're going to have a a, a massive um, commemorative show that celebrates 25 years of Episode One. Uh, getting together with other podcasters, other content creators, other friends of the podcast, and just talking about different aspects of uh, Episode One. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the music. We're going to talk about the characters. We're going to talk about the hype that lead that, that leads up to. Uh, you know, episode one. Um, I went to uh, Los Angeles to spend a, a couple of nights at the in front of the Grauman's Chinese Theater. So it it was, it was a uh, it was an exhilarating uh, exhilarating moment. Um, and experience for me, it uh, it was really really great. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, besides me, I'm sure there's other people that are going to be uh, you know, kind of celebrating 25 years of episode one um, throughout the, uh, the month of May. And obviously, as you know, um, May is star Wars month. Uh, traditionally, uh, you know, star Wars has been released in May. I still have a kind of a little bit of a grudge against Disney for moving into (laughs) December, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, absolutely. May is, uh, it's almost like my floating holiday at work, May 25th. I'm off, take it off, (laughs) take it off the calendar um but uh yeah let's see who else is in the chat uh yeah same people but uh you guys are paying attention thank you so much so uh, a quick announcement you know i've been um doing these giveaways with uh a, a very talented artist uh your weird aunt on etsy if you uh head over to etsy and look for your weird aunt um Ooh. These, uh, last last month I gave away a set of Grogu earrings, and um, Nick, uh, from uh, Backyard Tardis won those. Going to give those to his uh, daughter, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, uh, your weird aunt on Etsy, these are uh, some Ahsoka earrings, which uh, are lovely, they're they're quite cute if you want to check them out. I've been asking people to screenshot a shot of themselves listening or watching the show here tonight, and uh, tag the Scarif podcast. And then why don't you do this? Make sure that you follow Rebel Base Card on the socials, uh, tag him, and then use the hashtag Great Pull Kid, and uh, you will be uh, entered to uh, to win the uh, the Ahsoka um, earrings. You know what? It's funny because I've got another pair of earrings that I'm going to uh, that I'm thinking of giving away. But because of who they are and I don't wear earrings, obviously, but they are uh, short troopers for maybe. Next week. These are um, awesome, but I like short troopers because I'm the scare of podcast and, uh, you know, there's a connection. But uh, these are really great. Head on over to Etsy, uh, your weird aunt. She's got some really great, uh, great looking little cool little things. Um, All right. So I'm going to pull up our card cam. Ooh, Whoops. Hold on a second. Where are you? So this is three boxes. Here's the second one. I'm going to put you over here. Oh, it's perfect. Well done. All right. So, um, This is our our quick little placeholder. I said uh, I really wanted to get uh, to show you guys the uh, Frames collection. They're beautiful cards. And I wonder if I can – let's put some more light on here. There you go, somewhere in there. All right, obviously, Darth Vader. Okay, Revenge of the Sith. But um, this is just a placeholder. I wanted to actually get to um, your – custom cards because these are amazing and if you ever see greg at an event we've got c2e2 coming soon uh here in chicago in april let's see let's put this over here you've got something like this you got something like hopefully this.
1: hopefully the newest ones will be done i'm trying to print up the what will be series uh let's see this is this will be this will be series five that I'm finishing up. Um, And thank you for, for spotlighting this. It started off and I have a lot. It started off when we were doing the, the Scarif meetups. Right. And I remember, you know, we were trying to Scarif con and, you know, I didn't really have a card and I never really could figure out what I wanted to do for like a business card. And so I kind of hastily put that one together. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, you know what? I'm kind of, I, i'm a card guy i should you know do it some investigation so i went through and found a couple of places that uh that did printing of small batches of cards and uh then it just became sort of like a scrapbook throughout the year of just you know people i've met cons i've gone to um and if you in getting into like making the wrappers for it but also kind of spreading the word about cards and you know putting real cards like like you said in this one like last year with the with the series four we were celebrating the the uh 40th anniversary of return of the jedi and so i put return of the jedi dupes from 1983 in there um yeah that's the previous series where hey from uh, from scarifcon we had dominic pace on we did a hundred uh hundredth our hundredth show we did a remembrance of ralph mccrory there's mike summer from wax pack europe podcast met him at the national It was in chicago last there's our friend todd hoffman yes. uh one of my favorite pictures ever uh sporting some swag packs right there and then yeah we have a uh, the Scarif crew. Kevin Cleveland, tops, uh, tops, um, sketch artist at the Chicago, the Chicago non-sport at this Chicago non-sport card show, uh, where he was a featured artist, uh, one, one year, they have that twice a year, their spring shows coming up We have the Chicagoland sports spectacular coming up here, uh, in a number of weeks. Um, the Nationals going to be in Cleveland. So this is fun. Um, they, they feel they're made to kind of look like the original 1977s. Let's show the back of them. I mean, look at that. And you know, you know, I I do kind of do my best to kind of like give that that vibe of of the seventy sevens and kind of do it in a mat, and then um, and then obviously you know maybe spark the spark the bug to kind of collect a little bit, and that's why we sometimes will put in uh, some real cards in there. I actually had uh for one series, I had some sketch artists do me some special. Uh, sketches that we included in, in certain packs. And I think I've actually got some other people that are going to do them this year. Um, and so, yeah, I still have a bunch of these Series 4 packs that I'll be bringing to C2 and some cons this year. So I've got a bunch to still give away. Uh, they are a blast. Uh, it's a passion project. And uh, yeah, and you even have like one of the original demo ones where I was trying to see if I could print on vellum. And mm-hmm. uh eh, we switched we switched to copy paper
0: because it was easier (laughs) and i could do color well i mean charles said it in the chat i mean what a great idea and um when you showed me the first batch um you know i know you were you were experimenting still you were still kind of trying some stuff out but uh dude i got so jealous i'm like why didn't i think of this this is like amazing i mean look at this you got your own card over there at lucasfilm it's uh, really great. And then obviously, you know, when, when we do have our podcast meetups here in Chicago um, you know, it, it becomes a card. So it's, it's a really fantastic, a really great idea. They are um, unique. They're genuine and uh, they're absolutely beautiful. So kudos to you, my friend for, for doing that. And uh, can't wait to, uh, to get the next set. Excellent. That's fun. Yeah, the the series
1: five will be the last of the 77s. So it'll be the orange just like they did in 78 when uh, when tops finished up with the original run. And then what I'm designing this year for for handouts next year. Uh, will be the Empire, because we're going to move into the three sets of Empire for the following three years. And so the designs, um, some folks I, I've already kind of previewed design. Uh, Todd Hoffman already kind of wanted, wanted a custom card uh, that had that Empire design. And Empire is super cool. Um, it, it's, you know, the, the vintage cards are so fun to kind of look at, um, but uh, can't, can't wait. And like I said, it's kind of fun. It gives you something to do during during the year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All
0: right, let's uh, let's get into a couple of these uh, widescreen. Ooh, these postcards. are gorgeous. They are um, comes in a nice little hard box Star Wars frames, and I think this collection was available at the Disney Store somewhere in the world. Uh, hundred postcards frames collection. There's several different versions of this box. I think there was a double box set. Um, I think depending on the uh, the trilogy, um, but this one um, obviously has uh, the original trilogy, and uh, I think uh, I kind of went through them. I think it was the original trilogy and uh, some of the prequel stuff. So let's take a look at the first card. Obviously, um, it's Queen Amidala, and they're you know hard. They're on cardstock. And they are postcards. Um, I can't imagine anybody mailing these out because they're so beautiful. Mm. Let me uh, come down here. You know, talking about episode one, um, Natalie Portman as uh, as the queen. Very, very nice. Um, obviously, the composition they're they're beautiful, taken from the film. Um, we've got uh, Naboo. Oh, that's really nice. Very nice. Um, like I said, you know, each one of these can be framed. I think they're beautiful enough to to be uh framed, um like this one. And see, and
1: and with the Phantom Menace, and something we'll be talking about later on in the spring, is the when the Topps cards came out uh in the US, they were they were widescreen. Um, they had finished doing all the all like the re-releases of the original trilogy and so they just went in so there are two series of of wide vision phantom Menace movie cards and then there was a 3d one that followed up that I've just been getting some this year but the great thing about the wide vision cards is that you see so much and they're they're really taking advantage of of all the space in this one and,
0: Absolutely. and what's
1: funny is you know Padme doesn't really have a lot of solo card wide vision cards in that first set she's more found in in a lot of the tie-in ones and in the international releases rather than these great solo ones that you're seeing on these postcards here
0: yeah they're they're absolutely beautiful we have at last we will have revenge at last we shall reveal ourselves to the Jedi. you do that very well by the way oh thank you um so obviously <laughs> This is uh, Darth Maul and uh, talking to uh, Palpatine in Episode One. I think this is one of the first, uh, you know, shots that we got to see of uh, of the antagonist of the first trilogy, uh, well, one of the antagonists. Um, again, beautiful card and uh, widescreen, rich blacks. Might have to adjust something there because I think uh, something is being lost with the. Um, the uh you might be getting, yeah you
1: might be getting a little bit of glare and that probably yeah. is because of the material in the card that's kind of oh why as is are doing that and you know it's interesting in the mid-90s when tops released those wide vision cards for the original trilogy you know you'd already had a generation that for the most part had been watching the only way they could watch star wars was in four by three or you know pan right. and scan as it were and so when you saw the re-releases when you saw the wide vision cards you really saw all that full frame that you'd forgotten you even seen or you might have been too young and you didn't get a chance to see those movies in the theater and sure. so what's nice is is that we're familiar with seeing maul and sidious here but that background i'm like oh wow i don't really remember it same thing with this one some yeah. of that extra background in that frame right. I'm like,
0: wow. you would see you would see something like this all right, all right and then you're like, oh, there's a moisture evaporator back there. That's, um, you know, that's, uh, I'm always a proponent of obviously watching, uh, you know, a widescreen movie rather than the four by three, the cutoff. And I, I remember, you know, early in the days of HD when they started doing that, you know, you had movies that were presented in their original aspect ratio on a four by three screen. And people would complain that it wasn't the full picture because they had black bars at the top and bottom. And boy, were they wrong. Was it it, 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 not only was it uh, wrong, but it it was even more than what you were used to? So, kind of funny. Um, but uh, you know, when folks uh, don't understand the technology behind it, we have to be the stewards of the knowledge and uh, let them know. Here's little Annie. Oh, I love it. And, you know, it's funny. I did not know. Matt, thank you very much for uh, coming by. If you wanted to catch the replay, we're going t- to TiVo it for you. So uh, watch it again. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that um I didn't realize, uh, this actor, as he became older, he went to Columbia College here in Chicago. Local tie. Yeah. Isn't that cool?
1: I really hope that he you know he he can eventually come back in and yeah. get the accolades that he has deserved. And obviously I respect you know I respect what he needs to do for himself. But sure. just like with Ahmad Best and with and with Hayden Christensen and you know Ewan McGregor they've they've got a lot of they've got a lot of like hey we're sorry he's coming back to them and that, that he needs he needs to he needs to hear that i hopefully hopefully he's getting some of that
0: wherever yes yeah. uh, absolutely yeah Ooh. uh we got a little uh job of the hut action and bib fortuna and uh bib's girlfriend
1: <laughs> before bib got the uh the the of
0: bond <laughs> yeah that's too funny but um yeah, a little digital uh, Jabba. This reminds me of uh, when uh, Harrison Ford shot the uh, scene with Jabba the Hutt in A New Hope, but they didn't. Obviously, they didn't finish it. George didn't have the technology to be able to do, uh, you know, the, the creature that he wanted to in that scene. Um, what do you think of the special editions um, in general?
1: I can't tell you that um, I really particularly enjoyed them inserting that scene back in. Um, because they didn't quite get it right the first time, you know, w- with, uh, with him try- them trying to move him around and standing on the, you know, stepping on the tail and so forth. I think that's probably <laughs> one of the, one of the worst things about that. But I saw some fan put together an edit where they had one of those like uh, prequel droids, uh, with a hologram of Jabba that oh, okay. Han walks around. I'm like going, you should hire that guy or, or redo that because now that makes sense. Given what we saw in you know in the prequels with you like the droids uh, you know the droid the trade federation droids and all that, but I I would say I like seeing some of it. I I think that they really went to town on A New Hope, and of course with you know Greedo uh, with hand shooting what with Han like Greedo shooting first or whatever like that. Han shot first. Um, Actually, Han shot
0: only. Yes.
1: Yes, Han, Han shot and took care of him and it makes more sense. But I would say that, you know, that they, they, they really dished up uh, Moss Eisley a bit and then, you know, yeah. we got a better do back out of it. But I, I and I definitely the, the the battle at the end um, saw some improvement. Sure. But I would say that I think the less is more. And I think what they did with Empire and with uh, Return of the Jedi, with the exception of Jabba Palace's song, um, you know. Hey, it's his movie he can do what he wants um I
0: love uh I love a little uh extra Lopty neck <laughs> I actually um I Charles just says special editions ugh. but I actually <laughs> um I think they did the best job with the Empire Strikes back the way they opened up Cloud City yeah I think that was that was kind of really really neat to see so um yeah yeah here is um pod racing pod racing action and again you talk about watching episode one on the big screen this is one of the reasons i can't wait to do so because the uh audio uh work that ben burt did for this sequence is nothing short of of incredible so i would exactly uh, exactly definitely um enjoy watching that um let's see a little uh jedi council again you know a shot like this really benefits from a wide shot uh, a wide card, um, you know, format slash composition. It's, uh, it's really, really beautiful the way they did it. And again, talking about art, I mean, here oh, is uh, Naboo again with, uh, you know, the, uh, the ancient uh, Easter Island type uh, statues. <laughs> Very nice. Again, just, you know, just beautiful art in general, you know, Star Wars are not, I mean, these are, these are beautiful images.
1: If you go back to the Phantom Menace and you see some of those legacy documentaries on it, um, you see, you know, a young Doug Chang, you know, mm-hmm. Noel and all those guys who, you know, just really kind of cut their teeth underneath George Lucas. And really, you know, you're seeing a lot of the fruits of their labors at that time. And, and Chang did such a great job on, on, on the designs for a lot of the Phantom Menace. And it's just, it's, you know, it's really, it's a beautiful film. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you could almost say that wouldn't have been interesting if there was another film in between The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones that yeah. introduced Hayden. You know, I, I was kind of sure. thinking of this, going, you know, could you have taken a little bit of that meat off of the Clone Wars and given us a full Hayden? What would we have all thought, you know, had mm-hmm. we had a little more story? Um, sure. But, yeah, and and this fight here, I mean... You (laughs) know,
0: it's still the best star Wars fight out there. I, I, you know, we, we, are getting some new star Wars, uh, but I don't think anything for me at least has topped the, uh, the, the voraciousness of this fight between these two characters. Um, and obviously, you know, since we did get uh, a wonderful explanation about the duel of the fates and, uh, Dave Filoni's, uh, you know, explanation of uh, you know the the fight between Qui Gon and and Darth Maul, and then obviously you know spoilers if you haven't seen episode one. Qui Gon dies, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, to me it's still it's still the best fight. Um, when I first got my nonlinear editing computer system for my business, the first thing that I did was digitize this entire scene. And uh, Isaac, thank you very much. Good evening, gentlemen. Night, Isaac. Says. <clears throat> um, the first thing that I did was I digitized this scene and uh, I edited I it together without going back to the the Gungans fighting and then Amidala going through the the I just made it like one complete scene. And so... it only took 800 hours to render. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> too funny, too funny. We had a system, a Mac system that had Premiere like 4.2 on it. And I remember um, with photo with, with, you know, with a, a coworker of mine, who had Photoshop and I forget there was the animation one where, you know, you try to render some a piece of animation and it would take all night and you'd all of a sudden realize the next morning
0: that frames were
1: dropped. You know, oh man.
0: Yeah. Ooh, here is uh, hold on a second. The wife is texting.
1: Another, another, another card here that benefits from all that extra work on the Tantive um, hallways. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's nice is, is in each of these where, you know, you, you would expect almost them to be in the center of the frame. But because you have that gorgeous wide frame, you, you get a, a little camera 101 where it's like, if I'm talking about composition, you know, it's so much stronger that that you have the, the balance of the figures uh, against the wall, the, the strong, you know. Geography of the wall on the other one or the, the geometry of the wall on the other one. And yeah, and really nice.
0: It's a beautiful hallway. You know, they uh, set it up here when, when, um, when star Wars celebration came to Chicago, they had a, uh, a wall right. built like that. People can come and uh, take pictures uh, of themselves, take selfies with the, with the wall. Um, I wouldn't mind having one of these in my, uh in my, <laughs> you know, in my basement just to kind of hang out. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean the design of, of this for, you know, of, uh, the ship obviously stemming back from you know regular Star Wars or Star Wars A New Hope is uh is is beautiful. Oh. Um, um, and again, you know, getting back to uh some lightsaber action, we've got uh, Anakin and Obi Wan here in uh Revenge of the Sith. You, you were have my
1: done, done
0: self, yeah. <laughs> you were my brother, Anakin. Um, and you know, another, um, another wonderful, wonderfully composed, um, shot. Um, but see, that's, you know, that's the, the wonderful thing about widescreen really is, um, man, you know, I, I, um, what was my other phone? I cringe when I see people like videotaping, recording, like portrait. Friends don't let friends shoot in portrait. (laughs) No, no. Years ago, I started some. Um, I started some controversy because uh, my company and I wanted to we wanted to spearhead the first ever vertical film uh, film festival.
1: And <laughs> we
0: actually got a lot of heat for that. And uh, we're incur we're, we're um, we were nudged into not doing it. Very funny. Very funny. Um, talk about rendering. There's wow. a lot of uh, digital assets here. Let's see. What does Char- Charles say here? I have this collection of cards, too. We gave away some cards to her. Oh, yeah. Actually, Charles. Dun, dun, dun. This is where Charles and Pat wrote me a special message. (laughs) And it's on one of these. It's beautiful. Sick. Look at that. Yeah. It's a great shot from Empire. It is. And obviously, I am... uh, in, of Love with the Empire. Darth Vader is my favorite character of all literature or movies or anything. So I keep this one at uh, at an arm's uh, stretch here. So it's it's beautiful. Lovely message from friends and a beautiful image uh for a Star Wars. Here is Oh, look at that shot of Coruscant. Coruscant. Wide screens are very awesome, Waldo. The great album yeah if you
1: haven't gotten if you haven't uh look on ebay for some of the 1995 a new hope uh wide vision cards because those 90s ones they started off with a ton of information on them and they're just so much fun a lot of extra pictures behind the scenes stuff um they are worth chasing if you haven't already
0: yeah and i was going to ask you you know i um I always go to Target, you know, for, you know, family shopping and stuff like that, and I kind of always kind of wander in the card area. Me too. Me too. Guilty. I, I never find any Star Wars stuff. It's always, you know, sports cards or Magic or Dungeons and Dragons. Um, where do you get like I know you can order like the big boxes, but if you just want to kind of grab a couple of packs,
1: where do you usually go? It's tough because yeah. um where is, you know, when the the Phantom Menace excuse me one of the phantom menace when the force awakens came out and they started to put those, they started to really go back heavy into retail. They, they'd had there, been some, you know, retail ones before, but that's kind of like what got me back in. And it was kind of fun because you'd see where blasters. Um, and if you go to target and Walmart, you'll see, you know, rows and rows of blasters now because we're past COVID, right? Everybody, everybody got all their orders in. And so you're seeing tons of like sports, you know, NBA where, you know, MLB season one or, you know, 2024 series one is already out in stores, but you know, there's typically tops has done like one or two sets where they will have a retail box. Last year it was uh tops Chrome uh, that came out earlier in the year. And then you had the flagship, the tops star Wars. And uh, that was out for a while. Kenobi was in stores, but recent of, of late, uh, they don't have any new product that I've seen in blasters. Um, Walmarts are a little more hit or miss depending upon how well the store is organized in the stock, because usually where the cards are, it can be either be really nice or it can just be a mess. I would say target is a better place if you're going to go, because I've even started to see more and more Marvel releases from upper deck, which is not tops. Um, but at least there's some non-sports in there. And you know, a lot of times you, know, you might see some of the, the garbage pail kids Uh, stuff because i know they've been re-releasing that but uh, a lot of times you know like a lot of the releases of late also hobby releases and -hmm. these are ones that more of your your bigger you know card enthusiasts will buy because the the boxes are a little more expensive Mm -hmm. sometimes your local card store might take a box and break it but they kind of lose money if they kind of break it and sell it individually Uh, they're, they're not usually encouraged to but sometimes if you're in a place like Chicagoland, you might find a a, a star a store that has them. Um, but I would say post COVID, it's I see them more rarely in there. But one thing I would say is that if you go on a place called Cardboard Connection on an online that's an online website, uh, you'll see a new product calendar. Nothing yet for this year, but if you kind of keep that tabbed, you can see when card releases are out. And I swear, a lot of times now, if you're just looking to if you like that series, like, oh, I want to get, I, I I enjoy the Kenobi series and I want to get their cards, go on eBay and look for like sets or lots of, because a lot of these uh, bigger card collectors, once they buy their boxes and cases, a lot of times they're looking for the hits, the autos, the plates, the, the, the one the super fractors, and the base cards, they just kind of let go pretty cheap. And so you can build sets really nice on the cheap. If you kind of go to the secondary markets, which I generally say you'll find better luck with, Plus the fact that I um, you can find a lot of those cards for sets that hey you didn't get a chance to collect when you were a kid or hey I forgot I didn't know that had a, had a set so um that's where I say I've been finding a lot for the Phantom Menace uh, cards that I didn't even know existed ones in other countries and so mm. right now I would say keep on your secondary markets I try to put out some news on new sets I know that um, a lot of these big card groups and so forth do a much better job than me. And uh, just lastly, I know I I can go on, you have to kind of shut me up, but um, you kind of said it in the beginning and, you know, I never want to like, you know, like when you get in some of these groups, these hardcore collecting groups, and a lot of times, you know, it's hard if you're someone new breaking into this because these people already kind of know what they're doing. And sometimes they can be less than social about things and, you know, they're doing it mostly in text chats. And so I never want to make it seem like, you know, I may know more than your average person about cards but there are folks out there that can blow me out of the water and you know what i just try to talk to you know i just try to kind of talk to the casual collector and go hey look if you're interested you can always ask me a question uh, find me on the socials or like i said go to some of these sources like cardboard connection and look for you can search for it and you can find a set like that you're interested in um, because when i got back into collecting you know going from these wide vision sequel uh, the prequel trilogy cards, a lot of those nineties cards, I didn't get a chance to collect cause I was overseas. Uh, it's fun. You'll, it's a learning process. And hopefully if you follow the podcast and what you're learning with me, I uh, man, I love these postcards, man.
0: Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. And I, you know, I, I, uh, I would, I would encourage anyone that, so I don't, I don't collect cards i don't collect the modern cards like you know from beginning to end i have all the vintage cards they're in binders you know in plastic and stuff like that so i've got all the old cards um but one of the things that i started um really looking for and you talk about secondary markets i think um ebay is a great place you know i know a lot of you know obviously some people have had issues with ebay and stuff like that but you know when it when um, when you find a deal and it's secure and it's safe, you know, it's it's really a great place to kind of uh, wet your whistle with whatever it is that you want to uh, collect. I've really been in to these uh, signature. Um, uh, Star Wars cards that are sketch cards, mm-hmm. um, artist uh, by the name of Dan Bergren. Here is a. Whoops. Oh, yes. Here is a Luke which uh beautiful it's almost like a watercolor texture um there's a uh,
1: microscope turn one of those around so they can kind of see what they kind of look like on the back there you go yeah I mean oh, they're they're special. gorgeous and sketches kind of came into play about 20 years ago and I think it was with heritage uh Star Wars heritage in like 2004 because the autographs didn't really come into play until 2001. You know, Mm. so if you go back, people are trying to crack like 90 stuff, looking for like autos and stuff. You'd be sadly mistaken. You get like foil stuff. But the autographs didn't really come until 2001. But the sketch cards literally started with like just basic sketches. And one of the folks that we have in the area, um, Dave Dorman, uh, who did a lot of great who's done a lot of great Star Wars art. You know, he literally would talk about, yeah, I just do these rough pencil sketches and they'd insert them in the packs. Um, But over time that they have gotten more and more detailed. And so now they become very sought after. And so um, they become one of these great chases you can find in a, in in a card set. And whereas before when they first started out, you'd see a lot of kind of the same type of image from a sketch artist. Now, pretty much you're finding all one of ones. So these are Mm -hmm. all like, they might be commissioned to do, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50. And then, Part of their compensation, at least up until this year, was is that they would get some blank ones back, depending on how many they did, that they could use for commissions. And that's how they would also make. It's almost like a base versus commission. They make a little bit on each of the cards they submitted, and they could use what they call their artist proofs, and they would get back, you know, they, they would make a little bit back. I think Tops and Fanatics kind of changing the game a little bit. I'll look at that. Dennis Lawson. And I think you really hit the head on it, Roe. is that someone who may not be interested in collecting a ton of cards, but they like the fact that these modern sets have autographs from maybe characters they like or they want to collect. And a lot of times, if you look for a particular actor, Topps autograph, you'll see that maybe Topps has gotten their autograph for a number of sets. Now, Masterwork, which is what you have here, is a th- thicker card and it's an on-card auto. A lot of, lot of other sets throughout the year will be thinner and they'll use like these sticker autographs, like you'll see in baseball a lot. Mm -hmm. But here is like something where you can enjoy this autograph, but you don't necessarily have to collect all the masterwork cards. So in this case, you could have a small collection of like, Hey, I want to get wedges autograph. And if you're new hope, you want to get all, you want to try to get all the different wedges autographs, but that's a great thing to chase. I did it. Um, because prices were high for a finest release a couple years ago. Um, I collected, I did a rainbow of Oliver F Davies who did, you know, Sio Bibble from the Phantom Menace. And I did a rainbow of all the different variants of the signatures. And they, they had variant signatures that were different, that were numbered. And so that was kind of fun. And it yeah. was something where it didn't cost a ton of money, but it was fun to see a rainbow of sketches or a, re- yeah. a rainbow of, of, uh, signatures.
0: And you know you uh, you have spoken with uh, local artists, and uh, you've become friends with them throughout uh, your adventures on on the convention circuit. What's up, Big T, Little T? Hey, um hey. Oh, wait a minute. We just uh, let's see. We just featured you. I gotta. I gotta. Now I gotta look for the the special Todd card. Here you go. There he is.
1: Oh, and thank uh, you can thank Roe for taking a a a good picture of uh, Big T and Little T. That uh, I think we're doing a new card for them. Uh, I'm kind of excited. We did some preliminary work on it, and um, that's kind of the nice thing. Where it's like, you know, when you when you talk about doing some of these custom cards, it's like, you know, if you go to one of your local conventions, let's say you go to a C two, or you run into like the 501st, which is you know Todd. Uh, is a proud member of a lot of times they have their own cards. They get custom cards yes, made, that's and right. some of my favorite things. And a lot of times they'll sign the back and I love it. Have an artist sign their work, man. Um, but, and then to be able to, to, uh, I've worked on a few uh, cards for some Five Hundred First members and it's a great thrill because these folks are awesome. They do a great work for charity and uh, it's kind of fun and there are different. Yeah. There's one for the Midwest garrison there. You see um, the Mando mercs rebel legion, um and I think there is that was a Galactic University? There was like the young the youth uh, cosplay group. Notice how all these cool different designs and uh what what's a thrill, what what a thrill it's gotta be for someone who does this great work on their costume, and then they have a card made and You're like, Man, I got my own trading card. That's pretty dope.
0: It is, it's really cool. And these are I think these are all the guys that uh came to the first Scaref con here in Andersonville in Chicago. Um, really great, uh, great group, but I started to, to ask you about, uh, local artists. And one of the things, I mean, I love my cards. I love the fact that, uh, y- you know, we, uh, you are able to kind of approach these local artists and, and talk to them, especially when you're at conventions and stuff like that. Um, there's a buddy of mine, um, Sean Crummel. Um, I ordered a couple of stickers from him. Here's one of the stickers. You got to see this. It's amazing stuff. Ooh, you know, he does these cool stickers um, and I bought a couple of things. So he's, uh, he's prepping a, um, a, his own comic book series with this character. And I forgot, kill me. Cause I forgot uh, the name of the character, but uh, one of my favorite ones is his cave woman <laughs> um, collection for reasons, but it's really colorful. I mean, take a look at these two. They're uh, they're amazing um but he's also on Etsy, uh, Etsy check him out the real Sean Cromwell art um if you guys are interested but you know since I buy uh bought some of his stuff he uh was able to take a blank card and just send me a, a little thank you uh sketch nice. of one of my favorite uh characters so um big kudos to Sean um, but yeah, it's, it's really great to be able to, you know, talk with, uh, other, um, artists and, um, you know, get to, get to know them through the conventions and things like that. Um, and then, you know, have a, a, a piece of their talent. Um, you know, you appreciate the work that they do, uh, by supporting them and, um, to be able to get, uh, you know, a, a little, a little extra something, something is always, is always a treat. And something also, it's like you're talking about like whether
1: it's a postcard or whether it's a sketch card, you know, w- when you go to like C2 or you see one of like literally one of the biggest, you know, artist alleys, I think in, in the area, you know, a lot of times I don't have any, I don't have room for prints. I don't I don't have that big Star Wars room. And so what's nice is, you know, getting a, getting one of their one of their cards is a nice pocket sized piece of art that I can collect. I can kind of support them. Um, and you know, it's a lot of times it's like a one-on-one it's something that's very unique or it's a copy of one of their cards, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's seeing star Wars through their eyes and, and their vision and it's something unique. And, and that's, what's kind of cool. It's their take on something, uh, Absolutely, like their, their version of a podcast, right? Cause they're, they're doing yeah. their own take. And, uh, it's something that's just, it's not, it's not that it doesn't feel like that mass produced piece of plastic that everybody has. It's something like not a lot of people have and right. uh, check out your local con doesn't matter how big it is go to your local library show go to you know like go to star wars day um you know support support the people where they are and uh lovely lovely folks
0: absolutely absolutely um yeah for sure uh got a lot of cards on my desk now but um you're doing all the work for me man <laughs> next time we got to do one uh in person uh we should get together uh, at a you know, little uh, get-together, a little comic book store, and just kind of uh, talk to some people as they uh, come by and 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 grab their books. But uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, thank you guys in the chat uh, for coming on by and hanging out with us. Uh, remember, like I said, you know, before we go, we're not leaving yet, but uh, I wanted to uh, make sure that you guys know that I'm giving away, not these. This is for next month. I'm giving away these Ahsoka earrings, so if you want a chance to win the Ahsoka earrings, why don't you screenshot a shot of yourself enjoying the show tonight, and uh, make sure you follow Greg over at Rebel Base Card, and uh, use the hashtag uh, #GreatPullKid, and then uh, we'll pick a random winner from the entries. Hopefully, I'll get tons. And uh, I'll throw in some Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast stickers and uh, make it worth your while. But uh, yeah, um, hoping uh, somebody might have any uh, questions in the chat about cards for you, uh, Greg. Um, but this has been uh, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, absolutely.
1: Hey, by the way, since you since you since you you didn't bring up Legos, but those earrings were Lego. Um, so, the Western suburbs is getting another. Of those bricks and minifig stores in Schaumburg oh, that's going to be nice. opening up. And if, I think if you fall like at BAM Schaumburg or whatnot, um, I went to a buying event down more toward Todd's area. I think it was in Crest Hill. I know, I know Todd, you live in Mainland. Um, but uh, you know, it was kind of exciting. I was able to kind of like unload some star Wars Legos that I, I wasn't necessarily uh, doing anything with and recoup a little bit so I could put it towards some other things. But um It's kind of fun because like yeah it's a chain but it's like a it's a chain of like they repurpose legos and they also make these really uh really rad um custom ships like there was almost like a b-wing where they Mm. they come up with a design and then they'll kind of like oh that's the way to do it and they'll box it up and so you can get new product there you can get used product there um and you can also get some some custom stuff and it's kind of fun it was it was like you know it, it was a nice experience and, uh, I'm excited to get another store in. And that's one of the nice things about being in the area is that, yes, we all kind of live in different areas and Chicagoland is huge. Um, there may be a store opening up near you. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine at work and I'm like, yeah, there's one in Las Vegas where you live I'm like, dang. So mm. at, at any rate, but you know, it's, Very it's nice. kind of fun. Party rooms. are Very I'm nice. Like. They're not paying me by the way, but I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> they, they say it was a cool vibe, but that's the kind of stuff when we go, you take advantage of what's in your area. And I sure. I New mm. remote gear, and I'm dying to try it out.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Big T, little T has a question. What is your favorite pull, Greg?
1: Ah, this is a besides, great. Besides,
0: besides your hamstring, yeah.
1: <laughs> I would say so. This goes back to it goes ties right into great question. Um, So one of the first artists I was able to talk to was Don Murphy. Uh, she's from the area, and at that time, I met her at the I think at the Orland Library Comic Con. Um, and she had a booth, she was up in their, their artist alley and she does some amazing work that you know, also like costume, uh, illustration as well. And she eventually got picked up by tops and oh, then wow. even went to celebration. Um, she was in on the, the, the art gallery for the 2020 that didn't happen, but in, in Anaheim in 2022, she was one of the featured artists, um, in the art gallery where they had prints that they could make and sell and uh so it was really kind of fun to watch her progression through and you know she does amazing work um look for her on instagram and whatnot but 2021's uh chrome galaxy i actually pulled one of her sketch cards from the hobby box that i bought and you know those hobby boxes you know like those sets usually have a couple hundred artists in them so to pull someone that i actually knew that i talked to that had on the program before and you know and and she's on uh one or two of the cards the custom cards that i did um i think she's in on that blue series if you if you go back to it you know that was just that was like karma right there and it's one of my favorite polls um obviously i think in that top five would be my son had got me a box of 2019 skywalker saga that yielded a of five hayden christensen auto that last year at the national that was in chicago it's a big card show Um, i had one of the companies um, slab it or grade it mainly to protect it uh, so that i you know if i ever decide to move it on to another buyer um, the card is protected and because hayden christensen you might have heard of him he he actually has been in a couple of things recently Mm -hmm. you know wow um, something like that so those are probably two of probably my biggest uh, and most favorite polls
0: great question excellent Excellent. And uh, I do have an answer for you, Todd. Let me go see if I can find it quickly. And... Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Hold on a second. I know it's somewhere. Hold on.
1: No, that's fine. Well, you know, and for those of you who are still in the, the chat and uh, watching us live like that, you know, once again, you know, cards is, is, is something that I do, but on the show, a lot of times... I just try to talk to folks who are, you know, casual collectors, uh, folks, because, you know, I think if you are a Star Wars fan, you have a collection of something. Right. And and maybe it's not even something that you intended to do where it's like, oh, I like that Funko or I like that, that. That was cool. I saw that at Target. And it is something where it's kind of fun to start thinking about what what really makes your collection. What is it something that you enjoy collecting whether it's a character whether it's a line of toys and things like that but the main thing is is that you know whereas with star wars fans a lot of times we buy to buy we're just excited about the fact that there's star wars stuff on a shelf somewhere i think it's wise every now and then to kind of take stock of what you are collecting and what makes you happy and it's okay to kind of say you know what maybe i need to kind of thin down the collection i want to kind of focus on one thing or focus on this thing that brings me joy. I think any collectible should be attached to like a memory or something that makes you happy because you could refer to that time and time again. For me, a lot of times it's cards, but other times it might be a Kenner figure that I reacquired because I, I don't have my original um, figures or it was putting together the micro collection a couple years ago uh, that I, I only had a piece of. So I think the thing, and, and I know that I, um, many podcasts that you have on the red five network. A lot of times we'll talk about collecting and so forth. Um, now even um, collecting swag, right? You know, Charles and Pat did those great, uh, those great pieces of swag for um, yes. The last GarifCon. you know, it's fun to kind of collect these ones. And yes, you're not going to make a mint off selling one of my stickers or one of the, this <laughs> or one of the cards. But for me, it's, it's a, it's a memory. It's a link to a memory that happened that I was, sure. you know, I remember uh, you were showing that card earlier of you know, myself interviewing dominic pace and i knew that you were taking my picture and i was like i know what you were like posing you're posing I'm like <laughs> my gaze was like i am focused on your every word man and i was but it's just one of those things where it was great thrilled on you know to be able to interview dominic pace at scarif Con. and so now i have a card
0: yeah excellent so the card that i was looking for i put up another question for with charles um the card that I was actually looking for is I have both the corrected version and the error version of C three PO and his golden rod. Um, too bad that I couldn't find it, but you guys know what it looks like. And actually, the corrected version is worth more uh, than the error version because I think the error version went out all over the place, and it was it's more it's more readily available than the actual corrected version. So, uh, very interesting tidbit about that
1: i hang on here i might actually yes here i'll bring okay so this is a this is a pg-rated podcast right so we have let me see if i can get here all there right so know. we have we have goldenrod right here this is my og when i pulled this out of a pack and as you can see he looks pretty darn excited uh to be on a card uh but that was more of just an accident that that even tops now admits you know gary jern admits nobody really caught this or maybe not um so later on they actually corrected it and you can see here sorry for the background the gist of it is uh he's less excited um but the question was is that is it worth grading your most top-notch cards um one thing i would say is i'm be glad you didn't ask this question two or three years ago during covid when it was super expensive to grade cards and everybody was sending their stuff into psa because everybody thought once again they were going to be uh, sending their kids to college with it i would say that your set your your 77s your vintage they're not really going to lose value so i think what maybe COVID did was maybe move the bar up a little bit on what like a full set or something like that but i would say of those 77s if you have a luke skywalker number one i would say maybe think about grading it and there are plenty of of companies, anywhere from, you know, CCG to PSA to, to Beckett, there's a lot of places that will do it fairly inexpensively. And it might be good to do that just to preserve its value. So that that way, like uh, for me, one of the things about my golden rod is, is that I have a turned corner I, somewhere along the line. When it was in a shoebox, box, uh, it got bent. Eh, it's not the end of the world. This is still a pretty decent price if I put it on the market, but also notice that, um, it's a little off center, right? So some folks may have Star Wars cards in their shoebox, centering counts, uh, dinged corners count. But if you have, you know, like whether it's today or 10 years from now or 15 years from now, a Luke Skywalker number one is still going to be a pretty valuable card. The golden rod and the, collect- and the corrected one will be a pretty valuable card. If you have one or more of these and you're like, look, I want to preserve it. And um, it might be a good idea to get it slabbed. I have these in binders. I have a lot of my, my original sets, but I also have ones that I pick up that I call beaters that I like to just kind of every now and then I'll take them out. I'll do the puzzle. Um, but <laughs> I don't care about their condition so much. And right. so, you know, I even sometimes enjoy getting like lots that have these really beat up cards. And I'm like, man, this card should not be alive today, but it is somehow it's hanging in there, but it was pre-loved. And so that's, that's the thing um, that, you know, I have, I have an extra set, right? I'm a nerd. So I have like, I have one in the box and I have one that I can take out and hold. And I have one just in case, right? Uh, right. Someone go watch that YouTube commercial. Um, I do want to, before we get back, Jason Wynn in the chat was talking about uh, values on baseball cards, accurate. Most of my cards from the 80s are showing they're worth only a buck. Yes, because from about 87 to 94 is what they call the junk wax era. Cards were becoming more and more popular and so companies were printing them like they were going out of style. Now, if we march back to like 1980, Topps had had a monopoly on cards for several decades. But in 1980, Fleer and Donruss um, were able to start printing them. And so by the time that cards got really popular in the late 80s, they were just making millions of them. That's why, you know, the Ken Griffey, the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards, you know, upper deck and all those things. Yes, they have some value, but you almost have to have a PSA 10 graded one to have any value on some of those. So a lot of those cars from like the late eighties, early nineties, I'm afraid they don't really have much value to them. Um, my, my son just brought home a box of like 1987 tops that a, a local car shop was just getting rid of, uh, of hmm. some of these junk wax era. And I'm like, I, I, I was like, he was showing me pictures and I'm like, no, no, the best thing you can do is trash them. Uh, because that way it, it'll take some of them out of out of you know um, circulation. circulation, but right. there are within each of those sets. And I would say, if you have a particular uh, card from a particular set, go look online, saying, "Hey, look the do a search for the ten most valuable cards of you know 1987 tops or 1988 Donruss," and they'll give you a good idea of pretty much what the value of that is. But granted, a lot of those usually require you to have them graded. Because these collectors, these higher end collectors are looking for PSA 10s or high grade or something that doesn't have a high population. Right. And that's what I say. Like, I think most people, sure, you can get them done, but just know, you know, have your expectation of what that card is just because you found something. If you have, you know, like there are several grades, but, you know, complete sets matter. Um, Orange 1977s or the 78s, they weren't as produced all those cards had millions produced but they tend to be more expensive if you're looking to get in um the red 1977s there's a lot of those the reds the yellows the greens there's a lot of those out there uh this one will be you know the the, the golden rod will be one of the more expensive ones to get just like some of the early blues those first editions but uh, if you have them great hold on to them maybe try to work on completing those sets over time uh, if do, do do it no for no other reason than the puzzle, and you will you will love yourself <laughs> over it. that that puzzle is those puzzles and there were two of them for each of those sets, uh, are a joy to put together every time.
0: Every That's time. too funny, too funny. And the puzzles are the ones where um you had stickers, uh in the uh, card sets, correct? And then the back of them is where the puzzles came from
1: for Empire and Return of the Jedi. Yes, for the for the seventy sevens, they actually put the puzzle on the base card itself. So you had um, some of them have like movie facts and then others had, uh, and these puzzles are not like, you know, nine or ten; these are like 25. Um, There, there are many cards that went into it and they frustrated me to death because trying to collect them as a kid, I, I would do, I would put together puzzle together and I'd see several open spaces. I'm like, just imagining what that card would, I'm like, I want, I want to finish this puzzle. And I remember, you know, in getting, in finishing some of these sets later on, Oh yeah, I was putting together the puzzle. I'm like, man, I I, I owe it to myself, to that seven or eight-year-old to put together that puzzle and go, finally, mission accomplished. But um complete sets matter if you've got those stickers. I didn't. I had to pay a lot of money mm, to get those stickers wow. back. <clears throat> complete sets with stickers matter at any rate. That that's the short version. I can I can always I can I can keep going. Uh yes,
0: you can definitely. And what did I, I say I can, earlier? Ready. What did I say earlier? If you want to know anything about cards, uh, Greg is your guy. I I'm just here to, to, to learn. Um, before I get to Charles's question. Um, I wanted to ask you about bootlegs because I, uh, I was able to dig up a bootleg that I have, which I really enjoy. Is uh, this bootleg Ooh. sticker of, uh, of Han Solo dressed in a weird green ish outfit here. And uh, this is a sticker that I found. I don't know where I found this uh, in the late nineties on one in one of the stores, but um, that's awesome. I just, you know, again, bootlegs, you know, are worth whatever it is that you want to pay for it. They're not official. They're just somebody made them, uh, you know, whatever, but sometimes they're kind of cool. And um, sometimes you, you know, you want to, like I did, I guess, sometimes you want to put them in a case um but this one is such an interesting card um like again it's it's a sticker i didn't even take the the uh pricing off is two <laughs> bucks but um it's you know it's 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 neat it's uh you know not as neat kind of like as what you uh if you remember the uh comic books had variant covers i, I guess they still do just kind of as a weird little marketing gimmick but uh the uh, the bootlegs are something that I know a lot of people collect because they're just kind of an oddity, and I think they're a lot of fun.
1: Well, we'll tell you what if I was to kind of put uh, kind of mash up Stephen A. Smith with Antiques Roadshow. Uh, let me get you excited <laughs> about this stuff, and and I also disappoint you at the same time. What right. I would say is that <laughs> with some of these, right. I'm always finding new cards like, you know, like like food tie ins or these one offs. Or if you remember back and if you're really old enough, you remember like, you know, when they would put uh, Nolan Ryan on a hostess Twinkie box and you're going, that's pretty dope. Um, or finding international flavors of these and, and know that, oh, wow, Canada did this stuff on a cereal box uh, mm-hmm. that wasn't in the U.S. So sometimes, you know, rarity matters. And you might find a Harrison Ford character collector that goes, you know what? It's crazy. Yeah. I know it's a bootleg one, but there's not a lot of them out there. It's unique. And so that might be a piece that, you know, I think definitely you'd get more for it. Um, but like I said, it depends on who's kind of picking it up. Um, I think it's a fun piece of a collection. It's kind of like those, like, you know, like the toy bootlegs as well. And, you know, those can be actually worth, you know, a lot of money because it's just something that, Hey, it got out there you know, now we just had Mickey go into the the public domain for steamboat Willie. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be amazing to see what, what people do with that. But this is kind of a fun thing to have. It's kind of like my wonder bread cards. I had one wonder bread star Wars card. And as a completist, I don't know why I kept it, but it's like one of my favorite cards. Hmm. I eventually finished that collection, but it's just kind of something that's kind of fun. And you go, you know what? Who doesn't like Han Solo? Sure. Uh, this is really kind of cool I, I i dig it and uh it's unique and y- yeah. you never know it's like and if you're like you know what um i i would like it to move on list it and see what happens i mean sure you, yeah. you, I, I think you'll get your money back
0: <laughs> oh definitely definitely um so that that kind of goes with uh, charles's question here is your card are your cards for you or a commodity that you want to sell and for me particularly it's um i don't think i ever collected uh, any of the star Wars items to say that I'm going to sell them and strike it rich. Although I will kind of, I guess, backtrack a little bit because during phantom menace episode <laughs> one, um, I was one of the people that bought 10 Darth Mauls because I thought those 10 Darth Mauls were going to finance, uh, you know, uh, down payment on a house. Um, little did we know that uh, they overpopulated and overproduced those uh, figures. But, you know, coming out of uh, the dark times in the uh, 90s, uh, before episode one, there was nothing out there. And obviously people were, uh, you know, kind of uh, going back uh, and trying to recoup some of the toys that they grew up with and uh, commanding some crazy prices for uh, their vintage collectibles. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I think I, I still got them somewhere. I've got uh, 10 Darth malls and some other, uh, five jar jars and I don't know, whatever, but, um, it's, it's interesting. So what, what do you, so do you collect, uh, cards as a commodity that you want to sell or is it something that you enjoy? And, and there's no wrong answer, but right. what, what's, um, what is the deal with you? I, I think it
1: you know, I collect out of passion for collecting. I mean, it's pretty much if it isn't nailed down, I've probably had a collection of it, whether it's coins, uh, newspapers, you know, figures at one point, but I would say I enjoy cards. And I think as far as star Wars is concerned, you know, for me, it's one of those tent poles, right? It's like, you have your, your comics, your cards and your Kenner. Okay. That's, that's two season one K, but you get what I'm talking about where to me, it takes me back to a time when I'm like, that's, we didn't have where we can just, Fired up on Disney Plus And we could just, you know, we could go back and revisit those scenes, but that was, it was something we could kind of hold. And it's like, you know, the baseball cards as well. It's like following your heroes and collecting them and trading them and putting them on, you know, like in your bikes and all that kind of stuff. But I would say that there are smart collectors out there who realize going, you know what? Um, I can help finance my, co- my hobby by, you know what, if I don't need these, or if I have access, or if I have a autograph that, i pulled but i'm like you know what it's not it's not in my heart i'll let it go and then maybe i can use those funds to buy other cards that i do want and so i would say that you know mike summer of the wax pack europe podcast does a great job of talking to folks about that and how to sell and how to package it up and all this and uh, I, I wish more people did because a lot of times when i get cards off of ebay in the mail they, they damn near seal it so i i destroy it nearly destroy the card getting it out of the out of the, wow. out of the mailer yeah. um but I would say I do it mainly mainly out of passion sure. I have sold off some stuff you know I may, I may sell off that auto or two um, but those funds can go right back in and I think if you do it right I think the folks that get into trouble if if they find something it's like it's anybody that gets hops on a trend a little too late it's like if you're getting it to, if you're getting into it to make money or to auction it or to do it to to razes or all this kind of stuff do your homework first there are a lot of folks online who do a really really great job. Um, and you, I can give you some great, you know, suggestions online to follow, you know, star Wars card crazy on Instagram is a great follow. Uh, if you really want to get into that side of it, because they'll give you some Frank, good information on it, or you get into some of these groups. And that way you don't bury yourself trying to get something because it can be like gambling where it's like, you're chasing oh, yeah. those boxes to try to get a, you know, who, who's he, what's it or a super factor. And before you know it, you can get yourself into trouble. So sure. I would say, like, whatever way you're coming at it, whether it's a character collecting, whether you like set building, or whether you're trying to like flip it or to, to be a breaker or something like that, do some homework first and uh, test the waters before you jump in. Ask somebody; doesn't have to be me. Just ask somebody some advice, and hopefully you get to get some good advice
0: absolutely you know we uh i think it's uh safe to say that we collect because we enjoy the the franchise obviously we enjoy remembering what uh what memories it brought to us um and i think that's uh for the most part that uh you know it's it's a nice healthy way to uh kind of remember your your childhood your youth uh the stuff that you love absolutely um yeah very nice quote Nicole. by the way thank you very much yeah thank you nicole thank you so much um Yeah, absolutely. Greg, this has been a a, uh, wonderful uh, jam-packed scuttlebutt uh, episode worth of uh, some awesome information. I want to thank folks in the chat that uh, hung out with us. Uh, Charles, I hope you're done with your taxes. And uh, the rest of you guys, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out. Why don't you tell folks uh, where people can find you? And uh, remember, if you're still watching, if you're watching now, uh, if you're watching later, um these earrings uh I'm giving away so please uh get a selfie of you enjoying the show tonight and uh f- make sure to follow rebel base card uh my friend greg over there and uh use the, the hashtag great poll kid and tag me uh, uh scare podcast on the uh, twitter and uh we'll uh pick a winner and we'll send these out with a, along with some other uh swag some more scare swag but uh, where where can people find you? And then uh, you know, let me know what else uh, you what uh, what you have coming up.
1: Well, and and for one, thank you for for letting me come on. And uh, you know, I am on good authority that if you're having a problem sleeping, uh, just fire up one of my podcasts. Man, listen to me for <laughs> a while. I'll put you right out. Uh, I swear. But uh, if you if you want to follow me, if you like what you hear, um, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Twitter X. Uh, I think I'm now on Blue Sky. Most most places at Rebel Base Card. And if you go into your uh, like Apple podcast or Spotify, uh, if you look up for the Rebel Base Card podcast, you will find me there. Um, We do a couple different kind of shows. There's the main shows. Like I said, we talk about cards collecting and community can be a little bit of everything. I might be um, upcoming. I'll be uh, Greg and I just actually finished our insert podcast series called The Breakfast Pack, where we're doing Bad Batch coverage. And we've talked about other shows before. Um, So we've got about 68 of those. And I think there's about 150, some of the main show. Um, but upcoming, we, we actually talked to some creators about how they covered the Bad Batch, you know, um, folks who do writing for Fantha tracks or they do their own podcasts, uh, you know, Star Wars reactions and whatnot, you know, because when these programs start, it gets everybody busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of interesting to learn about their process. So it was a nice special show. Uh, Mark Newbold from Phantatracks, I'll be hopefully talking to this weekend. I'll be putting out that show because that man does an enormous amount of work. And all the folks that do stuff for Phantatracks are amazing. But I I just, I I, I love, I love asking people about it. And, you know, you know me, like once I started like hanging out around with you and all those, all the great Red 5 folks. Uh, it's been a joy because it's fun watching you guys do what you do and, uh, all the great, the great folks that are in the red five network and it's just been fun. So a little bit of everything. I hope you like what you hear. Um, like I said, it's a lot of my voice. Uh, it's hopefully it's a lot of other people as well, because it's not just me because otherwise it's like, (laughs) so at any (laughs) rate.
0: Not at all, not at all. Yeah, Mark and I are going to get together. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, uh, Star Wars Episode 1. He's uh, another one of our friends that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people uh, come on and uh, just talk about different aspects of Episode 1 uh, for our uh, 25th anniversary celebration of uh, Phantom Menace. So, A lot of fun stuff Uh, as a uh, Star Wars nerd and as a collector. um, I hope everyone has fun uh, liking what they like and uh, collecting what they like to collect. Um, so yeah, that uh, we've been talking for about 90 minutes. Uh, Greg, I really appreciate uh, you and your time. It always,, uh, you know time they, they say time flies when you're having fun and that cannot be, uh, you know, more truer than uh, when you're talking Star Wars or, or, or anything on online with a friend. So thank you so much for that.
1: Uh, no problem, no problem. It was a pleasure and, and uh, thanks to everybody in the chat for hanging on, uh, and I appreciate all the comments and the questions.
0: Absolutely. Thank you everybody in the chat until next time. I'm not sure if I'm going to have a scare live on Saturday. I might take a break, but uh, no new audio only episode. Uh, you know, if I, uh, if I um, have the cojones, I'll put the audio of this show in the podcatchers and let folks uh, listen to us uh, while they're driving to traffic through, uh, through the traffic in the morning. So um, absolutely. Thank you everyone. If you guys have any comments or questions about anything you saw tonight, obviously feel free to reach out to us, uh, Greg and myself and um yeah leave us a uh, leave us a voicemail on the scarce scuttlebutt hotline 773-234-8659 and let us know what your favorite pull has been if you are a card collector or if you have any questions about uh, collecting cards or star wars or anything in particular until next time that's greg and i'm roe and that is the scuttlebutt hey
1: Excellent.